Nerd Alert! Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Unconstrained Conversation Podcast. Today's conversation exceeded my wildest expectations about thinking unconstrained. I had reached out to Richard Walter, founder of Muse and New Generation PMS, because of an article he had written in Focuswire about the changing use of space in hotels. I thought it would be fun to expand on his thoughts and discuss the implications. What I didn't expect was that Richard is completely challenging the notion of what and who the hotel industry is selling to. I truly regret not having had more time with Richard for this episode, but we will get him back again, I promise. Enjoy this very, very unconstrained conversation. And as usually, if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star comment. Thank you. All right, Richard, how are you today? I'm very, very good. The sun is shining. It feels like spring is beginning and the whole of the hospitality industry is coming back. So yeah. it just feels like just feels like a, a great day every day at the moment. And you're in New York, that must be this must feel even better. Yeah, like I think spring and autumn or fall in New York, I think are the most magical, magical times. I think yeah. summer gets a bit too much and winter gets a bit too much as well. But yeah. um I, yeah. How is it in Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota is nice. Uh, I took an early morning walk this morning, and uh, we had still had frost on the um, on the grass, so I was a little bit surprised. But um, we're we're trying to scratch the seventy degrees, hopefully in the next few days. We'll we'll see. But um, it's uh, it's good enough. It's good enough. Um, right. So talk to me about uh, a little bit about Muse for people that uh, don't know about Muse. Um, kind of why. Uh, what what do you what does Muse do different than other PMSs and um, and then we'll go straight into the kind of conversation. Yeah, so I think the um, the idea for Muse was really to think about property management systems and hotel systems in general a little bit differently. So um, I started out building the system nine years ago uh, with a small team. Um, and the idea there was, you know, I was building a hotel in Prague in Czech Republic, where I'm from, despite the English accent. Um, and I was trying to run it, uh, trying to run the, the lobby without a reception desk. So I wanted everyone to be kind of walking around with, with iPads and the conversations to be less about admin and actually much more about, you know, what that person is going to actually do in the city, what kind of itineraries could we drive and how could we actually kind of you know, straight from the moment of booking, drive a better guest experience. Um, and yeah, and that was really the the thinking behind it. We we thought at first that we would use a PMS kind of under our system uh, to do this. When we figured out that that wasn't really the way that PMSs were structured, um, I think the the idea was, well, we kind of have to build a PMS to to create that basic structure of the data. Uh, so that other companies can actually kind of work with that, and yeah, that was that was nine years ago, and I guess basically, um, you know, over two thousand clients and sixty three countries later, we're we're here, and uh, yeah, I never I never thought that it would be this difficult, um, and I think that that's probably why we've been you know as successful as we have been, just because of the fact that we didn't really kind of understand the the scale of the task that we were mm. undertaking at the mm. time. Uh, yeah, and you got you to New York, which is a bonus. You yeah. can't complain yeah, about yeah, that, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. well, I guess it's like, you know, this is like really the home of 
any kind of uh, technology. I know that, you know, um, Fidelio is really a kind of a German import, but even if you looked at basically those those systems, you know, they were all really kind of driven out of, um, you know, especially the work that the, the likes of Sabre and, uh, and those types of companies and creating the GDS and really the first internet, um, you know, and, and I think that that's why if you're going to actually try and compete and trying to bring this in, industry into, into a new era, um, I think that's where we've kind of thought like, you know, we've got to do it here from the US. Um, we've got to do it basically in a way that, that we persuade primarily American customers that, um, that this way of, of looking at, uh, the, the, the world, you know, focusing on guest experience, but also focusing on automation and really trying to actually kind of systematize every single thing that you're doing within the hotel and taking it away from, you know, laborious, uh, manual work where you're dealing with lots of different reports of, on sheets of paper, basically, um, that that's just not the way that things are going to be done in the 21st right. century. Right. So you, you're kind of in, uh, well, you are a new breed uh, PMS, uh, as I would call it, you know, latest and greatest technology and tech stack and all the cool things that go with it. And 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 you won amongst uh, many awards for, oh, it's the coolest uh, spot on any trade show that, I, that I've ever attended. So um, that gives you a bragging rights. But the reason why I wanted to talk to you about is the um, the article that you wrote recently in focus wire when we're going to put a link on the um, on the website on the podcast website um about uh, how hotels are are forced to think about their assets and their spaces um in different ways than in the past and and that kind of um made me kind of say hmm maybe I should talk to richard so tell us more about the the reason for the article and what triggered that that kind of uh the view yeah, so I think it's it's actually kind of going all the way back to um, you know the the start of Muse. I think you know my my sister who is now the the GM of the hotel. You know, I didn't really want to put a reception into the uh, into the lobby of the hotel, but what I also didn't want is to actually have a back office. Um, I just thought that you know everyone who works in the hotel should be somehow connected to the service of the get uh, of the guests. And to kind of take up the um, you know important real estate and kind of put it into a kind of back office uh, situation is kind of wasting that because you could be making money with that basically, and that that's also the same kind of principle around, for example, the lobby. You know, you you create it and you make it into a revenue generating center. Um, and so I think that those those ideas really kind of stem from you know my my thoughts on building the property you know nine or ten years ago. Um, and there's still things that I think that now we're really, really focused on, really trying to actually kind of drive. And, um, you know, it was it was mainly our CTO. He, he kind of, you know, we were thinking about, you know, the types of initiatives that we want to actually kind of do, especially around COVID. Um, and he kind of put out a, a great manifesto about this initiative that we have called Space Time. And it's really about divorcing the idea that a service needs to be tied to specifically a room, um, I think we we've done that already in the kind of in the architect in the architecture that we built initially, um, because what we did was we based the system around the idea that you're charging to a guest, never to a room, because we just think that the mm. the room was not you know um, a meaningful entity. It's either a guest or a company, and those are the only uh, you know two things that are actually consuming any kind of service. 
And then when you go and extrapolate it a little bit kind of more, the services that a, that a hotel offers, they, they're not necessarily tied to a room. So I think it's in the spirit of us thinking about, you know, what are the metrics that matter? And we have a whole, um, uh, you know, a whole study that we, that we uh, relatively recently released. Um, it's about the idea that you're actually trying to revenue manage the guest or the company. Mm. Um, and you're trying to also kind of think about, you know, how can you go beyond just the one service of the room? Um, because there might be other types of services. So for example, you know, looking and, you know, I go into um, subscription services and things like that in the article. And it's really the idea that, you know, a, um, the, a three day stay um, is really, you know, at the end of it, it it's a 72 hour rental. Um, and the room is really kind of necessary for, let's say about 33% of that or a third because the the service that you're mainly consuming in that room is probably going to be the service of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have others, so you might have a desk there basically, and that might be the service of work. And you might have, for example, also a bathroom there. So that's, let's say, a, a service of hygiene. Um, but the other services that you might want to actually consume while you're in the hotel, so those might be you know, concierge services, those might be um, uh, different types of, let's say, a car service, uh, or it might be a spa service, a an F&B service, all of these different things, they don't happen in the room. And so we just think that on the one side, we've got to divorce the um, the thinking around the structure of uh, of the hotels to not be based around the room and the room revenue, but also then to basically think about, you know, what other services and what other business models could you actually kind of uh, apply to it? So, you know, when you're, for example, coming for a three-day stay, why could you not actually kind of say, well, this is actually a monthly subscription that you're taking and it allows you, you know, 90 hours of use of a room. So it might be the 72 hours that you've actually kind of booked. So that three-day stay but it might also be, you know, other things uh, in the future, and kind of almost incentivizing that person to try and come back. Um, oh, and you can yeah. think about that, you know, if you have a hotel that you like coming back to, or a certain location, um, and you can think about, you know, partnerships. You can think about how that would work in a company setting, how that would work, for example, in a uh, uh, in a different type of setting, basically mm-hmm. uh, for for a city. And you could think about other types of services, basically, that you could actually then try and offer that guest with that kind of mindset. I find it really fascinating just listening to you, the the concept of revenue managing a guest um, and putting the guest or the person at the center and then attaching services, whatever, you know, paid or unpaid services to that entity, which is the guest and not the room. And I find it just such a fundamental flipping of how we think about making money today in the hotel industry. Um, you know, we talk about <clears throat> guest lifetime value and we talk about total total revenue optimization and we talk about profit optimization. But, but the concept of it's a guest that consumes services and some of them are paid, some of them are unpaid. And then what service can you attach and what service can you can you provide and what can you yeah. generate revenues from? I 
I find that really, really interesting just from a from a um, you know, philosophical point of view because it changes how you think about the hotel industry and what the industry actually is, right? Away from yeah. the industry is about providing a room with things that you can do while you're in the room to no, there's things that the person consumes while they're transitioning, you know, uh, and, and there's different touch points, right? So it's, it's very fascinating, <clears throat> very fascinating. Have you seen that switch come to life anywhere or, or are, do you have good examples of people that are playing around with this or trying it in some, some ways? Like, I think that there's, for example, some concepts that we're working with. So for example, like, one of my favorites is the student hotel in, um, in uh, I guess, mainly in Europe, basically. The, mm -hmm. It's a, it's a uh, collection of, of um, uh, different properties, basically, in yep. some of the most major European cities. And I find them fascinating because basically they do think about it in this way and they think about it also. You know, what you essentially have there is that you've got a student and there suddenly you have, let's say, a, um, you know, a three-month subscription or a three-year subscription, um, you know, or uh, or a term subscription. Plus, basically, then you can use those same spaces, you know, to be sold on the weekends, for example, when the guests, uh, when the students go, might go home or they might go somewhere else. You can basically think about it uh, as reselling them again, not as you know, uh, as a a dorm, but you can basically kind of now start selling them as hostel rooms. Um, and kind of converting maybe some of the uh, some of what were desks into beds, for example, you know things like that, and you can really start yielding that room in a different way. So using the same space, but for completely different um, different purposes at different times of the year and different um, uh, and different formats in that kind of way. And I, I think that the the industry that thinks about this probably the most in this kind of way, I think you know is. I think in hotels, basically, or in generally the, the industry, we tend to overemphasize the the points of view that have been around for a really long time. So, for example, when I talk about hostels, most hotel people basically kind of roll their eyes. <laughs> and I feel that actually, you know, it's it's a shame because basically what hostels represent to hotels is the same as what a JetBlue represents to an American Airlines. Um, because what you're doing is you're selling the seats and then you're selling the baggage and then you're selling all of these different things basically in a way that you're kind of upselling. And if you think about, you know, when I was talking about those three services, you're always bundling in a hotel, you know, mm -hmm. you're always bundling the room, the table and the bathroom together. Those three services, basically you're bundling them together. And in a hostel, you don't need to do that. Somebody buys a bed. And then if they need something, uh, you know, if they need more privacy, they uh, they buy a private bathroom. If they need storage, they buy a locker, um, you know, and they build up their revenue basically right. from there. And, right. and some of those revenue management techniques are incredibly good and they're for higher, much higher yielding, basically, than uh, than what you get with, uh, with a lot of hotels. And um, it's in the same way that, for example, you can think of the VR industry as well. So, you know, Hotels don't really think that much about, for example, location or even height, you know, like mm -hmm. you can think about, you know, the, the the height of the rooms. But I haven't really seen kind of hotels play around with the um, 
the the segmentation of the rooms basically around for example the days of the week you know a monday market for your room is going to be totally different than your sunday market than your friday market and those are the types of things where if you get into this kind of mindset and if you're thinking that it's you know a a limited commodity it's not you know the same thing that's replicated many many times but it's actually somehow unique and it's only going to be able to be sold you know one one day a week right. there right. Are, there are certain ways that you can you should be able to kind of monetize that and i think that you know if you're selling a single villa you know that becomes really difficult because you basically you need to think about all of those different things you need to be thinking about you know how are you monetizing the location and the uh, the 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 kind of the vicinity of a space basically to where that person is going um you know you need to be thinking about all the different attributes basically of that particular room or villa mm -hmm. um and you might be thinking about a thousand different things basically um and then again building out the the services so that you're not just thinking about you know on the one side the um the services of the actual spaces themselves but you're also kind of thinking about the guest and then you're trying to basically kind of almost predict you know the the type of guest that would like this how are you going to be able to attract that type of guest basically that likes those types of right. attributes and then thinking about well what's what's the best way to actually kind of capture that guest or capture mm -hmm. that customer um where is that customer actually kind of going to be and then how can i um how can i incentivize him or how can i make sure that i capture that business before any of my competitors basically do yeah and then and, and then you build in sorry and then you build in cross selling and upselling opportunities and recommendation engines you know guests like you or like this therefore we also think you like that right so you open exactly. up the opportunities for auxiliary revenue streams to then come on top of it right yeah and like for me, that's that's 21st century. You know, right. that's the right. true disintermediation of technology going into our industry and really, really trying to kind of shake things up. Because the 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 way that I think we should be thinking about all of this is basically it's you know it's the same thing in technology. This happened with big box servers, mm -hmm. you know, and then thinking about well, how can you use the the elements of the server? but they don't need to be in one particular space basically they don't need to be in a in a server room in the basement um and i don't want to get you know too technical <laughs> about it but right if you think like that through the the eyes of technology and through what cloud has basically given us in terms mm -hmm. of all the different you know business models all the different uh types of uh types of utility you know i think that's where you can you know you can make more with what you basically have and, and hotels can get out of this kind of endless cycle of trying to make every room be sold as a double room right. and trying to basically right. kind of only manage that that initial transaction right. and not, as you say, the lifetime of that guest yeah. basically. So we, we've seen kind of the emergence of subscription models, right? Citizen M, um, some others, I think Hilton Marriott announced some form of subscription models. Different different ways, you know. Um, Accor has augmented hospitality. We've seen hotels being converted to dorm dorm rooms or university kind of uh, facilities over the last few months, right? Um, so, so do you feel this is going to accelerate um, even further, or are people going to go back and say, "Well, forget all of that. That was just temporarily. We're going to go back to our model of running a you know a hotel." 
like I um so there's a reason why we haven't basically kind of done it for nine years uh, right you know? and um and <laughs> it's basically because nobody's ever asked us for this you know it's not like you know we we kind of we would have to invent the student hotel if mm. uh, if they didn't exist um <laughs> And so like that, that's one of the things basically with this industry. So I, I understand why, you know, um, it's, it's in some ways convenient and it's good to basically, you know, make sure that we're working the way that we, that we are. But I do think that the, 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 let's say the experimentation and the innovation that has really, really come through with the pandemic, that would be a, that would be a, a shame to lose that. Uh, because mm. I do think that you've seen yeah. a huge amount of these types of ideas, basically. And I think that, you know, it it would be great if this is what we kind of picked up and didn't go kind of back to normal. Because, you know, at the end of the day, travel is only going to rise. Like, I, I know that people are worried about business travel. You know, I'm sure that that's going to be slightly kind of different. But I don't think the pandemic will mean a decrease in travel. If anything, there's going to be more travel. It's going to probably be in slightly different kind of places, but I think it'll it'll offer much greater variety. The the kind of the post-pandemic world will offer more variety on living models and working models. Um, and I think I agree. for us yeah. as an industry, that that's a huge opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have uh, we still have a rising middle class. We still have, um, I think, three billion people uh, having enough disposable income over the next five years that will allow them to travel, and that's additional people than today, right? We have all these macroeconomic trends that are pointing towards more travel, and now we have uh, digital nomads and people being much more flexible in where they can work. So that's an additional group of people that are going to take advantage of that. We still have people, you know, that are typically in the UK and, and they've been living in Mexico for the last um, eight months, right? And they work from out of there. So, uh, uh, and that's all fine, right? So yeah. so I, I agree with you, the overall trends are positive. I, I, I almost feel like there's going to be some companies that say, we'll go back to the old normal. We'll just continue with the normal normal. And then some companies will say, we'll take advantage of this and, and really, maximize the opportunity and maybe switch to something what you're describing or some shape of it right and and actually Accor has talked about augmented hospitality for at least five or six years right and they have pushed that um very aggressively um and so have companies like student hotel or citizen m or, or, or others so i think as more and more of these examples come out other people will take notice of it um any closing words uh, uh richard i know you're we're, we're almost out of time here like I um like thank you so much for the for the chat and the opportunity but like I I do think that it's you know and it's also you know I I have to say you know you guys were probably the, one of the first uh, or if not the first uh, you know hospitality technology company to to really just break out of the mold of of just rooms you know I think that you were you're the first to really kind of break into parking think about those types of things and and so I think the the point about it is that I I would love for us. Now, I think of the 1920s as the time that brought about some of the biggest uh, gains in productivity in hotels. And I, I think that basically the way that I see the, the 2020s in, is in the same kind of, um, the, the same mode. I think that there's huge amount of opportunity. I think we can still actually yield so much more from the hotels that we that we run. And um and I'd, I'd love to see more experimentation, whether that's, you know, with technology companies, 
or whether that's actually with uh, with vendors and and stopping to kind of do you know the, the kind of the keeping up with the Joneses you know and much more experimentation into the real innovations that can actually kind of drive you know twenty or thirty percent yield basically um, above what what have been you know the um, the the historical kind of um, uh, the historical set levels. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's it's incredibly exciting, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it's incredibly exciting for us to be in hotel technology. Um, great, because it's yeah, just a great, great area. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. Exciting times I have. The number of conversations we're having with campgrounds and holiday parks and 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 alternative accommodations is um, is very encouraging. I know we'll, we'll see this convergence of, of what hospitality means, um, or this expansion rather, what hospitality means, um, and where technology is being used, um, just just accelerating. Um, uh, as as a result of what we've just gone through, so I really appreciate your time, Richard. Uh, thanks a lot. I'm I'm hoping we can have uh, more conversations like this um, at some of the upcoming events and forums. So I'd love to continue that conversations about putting the guests at center. Um, fascinating concept. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Right, thank you. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.